0: Welcome to Right Lane, a podcast of the Tampa Bay Times and the Pointer Institute. On this podcast, Times reporter, Lane DeGregory, discusses her stories and answers your questions. The focus is on craft. My name is Maria Curillo and I'm a former enterprise editor at the Times. Today's topic, the the guy. (laughs) That's a hard one, the the guy. Wait, you'll understand Upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. That in a minute, this story starts with a question. So let's do that first. Lane's
1: going to read the beginning of it. At the end of the rodeo, Lee Greenwood's anthem blares through the speakers at Westgate river ranch. I'm proud to be an American. The crowd stands. The music builds as the singer asks God to bless his country. Four horsemen gallop into the dusty arena, unfurling seven-foot-long flags. The flags are red, with white letters rimmed in blue sequins. Each man gets a word. God. Bless. The. USA. You wonder, who's the the guy? Think about it. The dude two horses ahead gets to be God. The next rider is Bless. The cowboy at the end is Mr. USA. The third horseman isn't even a noun or a verb. He's just an article, superfluous, except for grammatical purposes. Who is the, the guy?
0: When did it hit you, the idea for this story? Because um, that wasn't why you went, right? You were going to do, was it just a, like a rodeo
1: story? No, we were doing a travel story on this dude ranch. It was sort of like a Disney dude ranch on in the middle of Florida. And um, it was just supposed to be a Sunday travel story. So I took my two boys who were like nine and 10 or something then, thinking, you know, we'd have a fun weekend away. And the highlight of the weekend, they did, you know, hay rides and a sing along and horseback riding and stuff. And then the highlight of the weekend was Saturday night, they had this little two bit rodeo. And so I took the boys and we were drinking, you know, like soda pop out of a plastic cowboy boots type thing. It was like that kind of a cheesy experience, you know, and they're watching the rodeo and they just, there were the ones who thought about it. They started laughing. They were like, the the guy they even I mean that was my I think my nine-year-old said that guy gets to be God that guy gets to be blessed and he's Mr. America and the guy who's the the guy and so then they started like you know little boy ribbing each other like you're the the guy no you're the the guy and they were like just making fun of each other the whole rest of the weekend calling each other the the guy so when I got back to the newsroom and I wrote the travel story I just told my editor that I said um Oh my god, the funniest part was my kids were making fun of this the guy. And he goes, Well, who is the the guy? And I said, I don't know. I didn't go try to find out, you know? And he goes, Well, go try to find out. So he kind of like saw it as a story. I thought it was just funny that the kids were, you know, laughing about that. And he so he sent John and I back, the photographer and I back the next weekend, um, to go find out who it was. And so I called ahead of time, you know, I called the dude ranch people and I said, and from the paper, I want to do a story on the that guy, and they're like, "Oh, oh yeah, 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 we can help you with that. We can help you with that." You know, and so I never in a million years thought anything other than like, let's let's go find whoever, you know, is the loser in his four horsemen.
0: So you, yeah, your your thought was this is a really like um, pretty simple story, straightforward, you know. Yeah, and and it's all hanging on how you know you get the bad word or the lame word as by, by comparison. You, obviously, you find out what you find out, and then when you write the story, you write it as like the way that it unfolded for you, right? You you had no idea they were messing with you, I guess, until you got to to get your pizza. So you went to the pizza stand and you met the the guy, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah, we had gotten up there really early and we had pancakes with this kid Grant and his parents who ran the river ranch and he said a prayer and they told us what a great student he was and he was going to go be some in the military and he's the most wonderful kid ever and so we followed Grant and then this other older guy with his like handlebar mustache um as they were like wrangling cows and riding across the ranch and filling the hay wagon and stuff and Grant the the young boy that they told us was the the guy was hardly doing any work. He was just like, doo doo do in his little out, you know, his little pressed cowboy shirt. And the other guy was doing all the hard work. And so John and I, the photographer and I were like laughing, but we were following this little Lord Fauntleroy kid, you you know, like he's our guy. And it, it was pretty controlled by the family in terms of what we were doing and where we were going up until they took a break for dinner. And there was this one little like snack bar place where you could go get food. And so we went and we're standing in line I had my badge, my press badge, John, and John had his cameras, and we're standing in line to get pizza, and the guy, the other cowboy guy, the older guy with the handlebar mustache is behind us in line, and he goes, what are y'all doing anyway? Like, what's going on? And so "Oh, we're here, you know, from the paper, we're writing a story about the, the guy, and he starts laughing, like slapping his leg and laughing. He's like, well, that explains it. That totally explains it. And we're like, what, what? And he goes, well, this morning, they told me to switch flags with Grant, because he's usually blessed. And today I get to be blessed and grants the, the guy. And I was like, are you, are you kidding? I thought John, his head was going to explode. It was so, we were so incredulous that that could possibly have happened. And that, how did we not know that by now? What kind of terrible reporters are we that we hadn't like asked anybody else about the, guy, but they were all in on it because we talked to other people and they were all in on talking about Grant. So at that point in time, it was like, okay, we can't eat dinner. <laughs> we got to go figure this thing out. So we talked to Ike for a little while. We, we kind of found out his story. Um, and he wasn't mad at all. He was just like, sure, Grant can get the publicity. I don't care. But he was like kind of a loser cowboy guy living in a mobile home with his girlfriend and a bunch of dogs and like a farmhand. You know what I mean? And, and here's golden boy Grant getting ready to go off to the Citadel or something. I forget. But so it was it was we talked to Ike for a while. And then we went out because they were getting ready to rehearse for the rodeo. It was right before the rodeo. And we just went down the line in the shoots, the rodeo clowns, the steer ropers, the cow people like who's normally the, the guy, who was your regular ordinary, the guy. Oh, I, 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 I. So it was, the reporting was not confusing at all. We knew like what had happened and we could pretty much pin down what was the truth. Um, I remember thinking at that point we should just punt the whole damn story. That we should just be like, okay, you know what? Never mind. Screw you dumb people. We're not giving your ranch any publicity. We're not doing and I called my editor then, who was at a dinner party. I remember him saying, like, I'm gonna be at this fancy dinner party. Couldn't get cell phone because it was way out of the middle of nowhere. Climb this hill, trying to get cell phone connection and finally reach him. And I try to sputter through what's going on. And uh he goes, well, go right about that then. That was about all I got. It was like he did not want me to drop the story. He thought it made a better story, a more intriguing story. Like, just report out the the mystery, you know, and talk to as many people as you can about Ike. Um, and then, but John, the photographer, was super beside himself because he, he had been taking pictures of the wrong guy all day. So he does this ballsy thing at the end of the rodeo where he climbs up in the booth where the announcer is. You know, they have this around the ring of the rodeo. And he gets the announcer to go, well, Ike and Grant, please report to the booth beneath the announcer's stage. And so John got him called in there so he could get a portrait of them together and basically be like, look, dudes, I'm getting some. And I think. If I remember right, Ike had the black hat and Grant had the white hat, which couldn't have been more perfect, you know, for that portrait. So, Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
0: <laughs> it's true. You're, see, Mike was right. The, the lie it was the better story. I mean, because I, I mean... I mean, if Grant actually had been the, the guy, then it's probably a kind of a boring story. He grows up in the rodeo, you know, his parents make him do this thing. Um, but actually, you know, for whatever glory there was in, in not being the, the guy, he was something else. And then um, they made the farmhand guy be the, the guy. But I don't know. It, it's so amazing to me. Like, we know people lie to us. People lie to us all the time. I mean, right. And people mislead and they try to throw you off track and all. But to be, to lie over something as simple, something as unimportant as who carries that flag. I just, I can't imagine you guys, your heads weren't exploding all all that day and I, all the way home, you know?
1: Oh, totally. And I was kicking myself in the butt of like, why didn't I ask better questions to begin with? Why did I just trust them? You know what I mean? But then the other half of me was like, why would you lie about that? You know, but it really is a lesson, I think, for journalists of all ages and ilks, like people freaking lie, you know, check everything they tell you. I mean, one of the only stories I've ever punted when I got into the reporting of it and then decided not to write it um, was this man I was writing about who had adopted a beagle and he went to have a beagle birthday party. So he was on this like mission to unify all the beagles from this litter that had been born. And I was like, oh, cool. I'll go to a beagle birthday party. that will be super fun. You know, the dude was lied about his name. He gave me the wrong name. And when we went to background him, he didn't exist. And I called him up and I was like, dude. What? Oh, I'm not telling you my real name. I'm like, well, then I'm not writing about your beagle party. I mean, it was so innocuous, you know. It was, it was nothing at all that could have been misconstrued or bad or negative at all. But he did not want to give me his real name. Said so. it is a great lesson because you're right, though.
0: I mean, even people will lie about the stupidest details that you think are unimportant, and and that your inclination would be, who would lie about a thing like this, right? I mean, it's like. And and the whole way they set you up was like, you know, oh, yeah, well, you'll introduce Grant. And and of course, Grant's, I guess, going along with it um, for whatever glory there is in a story that says (laughs) I'm the the guy who rides that horse. (laughs) Um, I wanted to talk about you did something I thought was really cool in this story, which was that you incorporated your own thoughts and impressions as you were going along. So in other words, um, you. You imagined who the, the guy would be, right? And you and you tell the readers who you're who who you imagine, right? And of course, it's not Grant. I mean, it doesn't doesn't match the picture of Grant at all. But you use that to set up who you're about to introduce. So I just I'm curious about you know how you thought to do that. Why? What were you thinking as you were putting it together?
1: I think I'd have to give my editor. A lot of credit for that one because he kind of talked me through that, and he kind of said before we went back, he's like, "Well, what do you think that the guy would be like?" You know, like in the midst of what these monikers are and these flags, like how would you conjure this person up to be? You know, so he kind of took me in that direction ahead of time, and then after he said, "Go ahead and write the story," it was like, "Let's take the readers on the ride." You know, I think he came up with the idea of doing it second person. Because he was like, the theme became like incredulity, you know, what would you think? What would you do? How would you react? And so I think having that second person inclusivity maybe popped the story to a little bit more fun, like level of experience than if I had just reported it out or said it in first person, like, God damn it, this guy lied to me, you know, like, I don't ever really like to be in my stories, but it was sort of a way to bring the readers into that same situation and the same, like, holy cow, really?
0: (laughs) it was a nice hybrid. Cause it had, it was like you playing detective a little bit, you know, like, okay, wait, did, did they lie to me? Wait, is that possible? And then, and then, yeah, I like, I like how you, um, you went through and asked everybody and then the story it's like, you know, this guy said it was like, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like. um, so then as a reader, you're also growing a little, like, you know, you just can't believe it. You just can't believe that somebody would do that. I mean, it, it, and also because it's such an easily caught lie. I mean, you know, it's like, it didn't take you long at all to fake, like nobody was, nobody else was hiding it. Right. Um, so I don't, it's, it's amazing. Um, what, what did the, how did the family react when you came back around and you said, uh, busted.
1: And the mom wouldn't talk to us. The mom walked away and she's, she's like, I'm no. And she just kind of put her hand out. Um, Grant was embarrassed. You could tell he was embarrassed. Like, I I don't even know if he wanted to do it in the first place or parents just put him up for it, you know. And the dad was sort of unapologetic. Like, well, Grant's a much better story. I I think he even said something like that, you know, like he was completely unflapped and and unapologetic about, you know, blowing smoke up his boy's butt, you know. They were also very Christian, I should add, which added to me a little bit of like they were so God and and Christian. And I mean, Grant's flag was blessed to begin with, you know, it's like. And then to just to not even care that they were going to just deceive, you know, however many thousands of readers or whatever. And make Ike, you know, make Ike live a lie too.
0: <laughs> Although Ike didn't care because like Ike, 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 I had the, Ike had the right perspective about this is a story about guys who carry flags in a rodeo. It's not like Watergate people. Um, what uh, There's a great kicker on this story and I'm not going to give it away. But I wondered if you remembered whether you had that kicker in mind when you started writing.
1: I think I had something like that in mind because I was thinking my mother is an English teacher and so grammar was a big part of my growing up and I kept thinking about the the articles and, and, and button or and like what what that part of speech does like what it signifies so I don't know if I had it before I started writing but I think it came while I was writing for sure it wasn't like I sat there and went like where do I end it was just like oh aha that's where I can end you know.
0: Did you hear from anybody else after the story ran? Anybody else associated with the rodeo or all those people just like, they probably, I don't know if they were newspaper readers or picked up
1: on the story. Yeah. And our paper doesn't circulate there, you know? Oh my God. So it
0: doesn't even circulate there. You no.
1: Know, so I, I did, not I, I mean, I heard from a lot of readers who thought it was really funny. And I heard from a lot of like other journalists who were like, good on you for, you know, following this through or whatever. Um, readers really liked it. I mean, they really liked it. Um, but no, I don't think I ever heard anybody from anybody at the ranch again. They They really liked the travel story that I did. So I'd heard from them, you know, the week before I went back to report the rodeo when they really liked me because they liked the travel story. But then I didn't hear crickets after the the, the guy story.
0: The family doesn't come across looking good, but you don't pile on either. I like that about that. I don't know if you were purposeful about that too, thinking about how you would, because they're really come across like the bad guys and ridiculous, um, but you didn't have to go very far with it.
1: Right. And also the stakes were pretty low. You know what I mean? Nobody was getting hurt. Nobody was getting ripped off. Nobody was getting like maligned Well, the stakes were pretty low. So I didn't feel like I needed to like really hammer we, them. You more.
0: were, I mean, they were trying to. To uh, us. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: <laughs> but it was more like, I, I think what I wanted, I think incredulity or like WTF was what I wanted readers to come away with. Cause that's how I was feeling, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, um. So was Mike happy with the story at the end? Your editor?
1: Yes. And I think some of the lines, some of the really, like I think some of the really short little cursory lines are Mike's like he had a good way of like when the paragraph that started think about it I think he added think about it you know he's he had a really good way of slowing things down you know
0: right right yeah no the pacing was really exceptional I thought too it was just like you're walking through this and it's a really unusual story so if you haven't read it uh definitely get in there and read this story Don't forget, you can find other episodes on pointer.org forward slash right lane. And please join our Facebook group. This podcast was produced by Jesse Lau. Music was composed and performed by Dan DeGregory.